Hello, and welcome back to Making Sense of Money, a podcast dedicated to making financial topics easier to understand. I'm Andrew Pellegrini, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nikki Jankola-Shanks, another one of your co-hosts. Last week, we talked about financial security and financial stress. This time of year can be particularly stressful on your finances, your financial well-being, and your mental health. So make sure you go and give it a listen to learn some ways to cope with stressful financial situations. And I'm Jake Hamilton. This week, we're going to be continuing our series on economic indicators. Uh, Last time, we talked about inflation and how that is important to you, your finances, the overall economy. This episode, we're going to be talking about another economic indicator, gross domestic product, also commonly known as GDP and probably how we're going to refer to it on this episode. So let's get started uh, just by defining what GDP is. According to the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis, the agency that calculates GDP for the U.S., uh, GDP is defined as the value of the goods and services produced in the United States. That's simple enough, right? Um, So in other terms, GDP is a measure of everything in the economy that we produce. Um, If you add up all of the stuff we make, the services we provide, and put a dollar amount on all of that, that's your gross domestic gross domestic product or GDP. There are some other things to know about the term GDP as well. Uh, Most of the time economists and politicians are referring to real GDP when they talk about the measure. Um, And there's two main types. There's nominal GDP and real GDP. Similar to how we talked about with inflation, there's nominal interest rates and real interest rates. Um, So there's nominal GDP and real GDP. Nominal GDP is like the sticker price on a car. It's the dollar value um, that goods and services or or sold for in that year. So the total dollar value. Um, And real GDP is an inflation adjusted measure, meaning that it accounts for inflation. That's the thing that we talked about on our last economic indicator episode. Um, So it accounts for the changes in the value of our money when calculating the value of goods and services. You might also hear GDP per capita a lot. And what this means is just the amount of goods and services produced per person within a country's population. So obviously, uh, in most cases, larger countries will produce more than smaller ones. Um, So GDP per capita is a good good way to measure or compare GDP across countries of different sizes and populations. So, for example, you know, like the U.S. has a population of 330 some million. You know, China has a population of over a billion people. So if you just look at the like nominal GDP for each country, China is going to be larger because, you know, they have more people and they produce more stuff. But if you look at the per capita, like how much each producer, each person is producing in that country, um, you kind of get a more realistic comparison. And the last thing we'll talk about uh, for the term GDP is that it's often discussed in terms of growth, generally as a percentage. So you might hear on the news that GDP increased by such and such percentage from the prior year, like, 1.7% or 2.5% or something like that. Um, generally, that's a good thing because it means our economy is growing and producing more, um, that we're making more stuff and consuming more goods. Um, but GDP can also be expressed in current dollar amount. That's that nominal GDP that we were talking about. For example, uh, the current dollar GDP amount at the end of 2020 was $20.93 trillion for the U.S., Uh, which was actually a decrease of 2.3% from 2019. Um, As we all know, there was a major event, the coronavirus pandemic that uh, had a really 
had a really bit of big effect on our economy and, and reduced our ability to output goods and services. And real GDP decreased by 3.5% in 2020 when adjusted for inflation. It actually, if you go in and look at the data, um, there was actually two really big swings in 2020. Um, quarter two uh, in the US, the second quarter uh, of the year of 2020, GDP decreased by like 35%, approximately 35%. But as you know, we kind of adjusted to the pandemic, GDP increased by like 33% in quarter three. So there were some really big swings in 2020, but overall, um, it was about a three and a half percent decrease um, from 2020 to from 2019 to 2020 um, because of the pandemic. That's some huge fluctuations, Jake. So it's probably good that they look at it annually rather than looking at more granular time frames like quarters. Yeah, I think both things are. I think both things are useful. It's good to look at stuff uh, over the course of a year or longer, and then it also can be helpful to look at things in, in shorter timeframes as well. Um, the the Bureau of Economic Analysis that we talked about, the one that uh, measures GDP for the United States, um, they actually they they put out each quarter um, GDP numbers, so you can track it from quarter to quarter. But they also give you annual, like year over year numbers as well. So lots of different analysis. That's great. Thank you, Jake. I'm learning a lot. So we should also explain how GDP or gross domestic product, and I'll probably say gross domestic product while I'm talking because acronyms on an audio medium might be a little bit hard for some people to understand. So um, gross domestic product is measured and or calculated in multiple ways. Economists at the Bureau of Economic Analysis have a number of tools that they use to look at GDP or gross domestic product and other economic indicators like we talked about earlier. But calculating GDP is fairly straightforward. You just take an account of all the different things in the economy that's being produced and then add them together. And that sounds simple, but obviously when you're accounting for everything and we have a very large economy in the United States, that can get really complex really quickly. So according to Investopedia, there are three common ways to measure gross domestic product. They are called expenditure approach, production approach, and income approach. So with the expenditure approach, um, it calculates the spending by all different groups in an economy, and this is primarily how the U.S. calculates gross domestic product. It adds up consumption, government spending, investment, and net exports. So in the United States, this is a negative value because we import more than we export. Um, but it, it measures what an economy is producing by looking at what we're spending on everything. So that's why tracking your expenses, even as an economy, is really important. Um, so for the production approach, this in brief is essentially the opposite of the expenditure approach. Instead of measuring the costs and inputs of goods and services, this approach estimates the total value of economic output. Um, and then the income approach, again, in brief, is the 
um, where we measure the income made by different sectors of the economy, like wages paid to labor, rents earned from land ownership, return on capital as interest, and corporate profits. So those are the three common approach, approaches to measuring gross domestic product. And don't worry, I know this is a lot for our listeners probably. GDP is something that you know, economists, politicians, everyone kind of uh, talks about, and it's a complicated subject. So don't worry if, if you're struggling a little bit as we go through this, totally normal. Um, but so now that we've talked a little bit about what GDP is and what goes into that number, into GDP, let's talk about what that means. Um, as an indicator, GDP can tell a lot of things about the economy, especially when you break it down by state or by industry. So if you look up GDP, we could look it up as a country, we could look up just Illinois, you could look up and see you know, the retail merchants, whatever, um, you could kind of break it down. So according to the US Bureau of Economic Analysis, the GDP can tell us, one, how fast or slowly the economy is growing, Two, it can also tell us that the economy is contracting like we saw in 2020 with GDP, with the negative GDP. And contracting is just another word for shrinking. You know, our GDP gets smaller. And it can tell us which states are three. It can tell us which states are growing faster relative to others. And four, it can tell us which industries are growing faster relative to others. In general, GDP is a really comprehensive overview of the health of an economy. It's a big picture indicator, but it doesn't tell you everything about an economy, but it gives you a general idea of how the economy is faring. There are some people who like to say, who only think that an economy can be judged just solely based on GDP. There are others who also stress GDP is one indicator right? There are other things that we're going to talk about that people can also use for an economy. GDP does, does not equal economy. It's just one indicator. Yeah, that's a great point, Nikki. Uh, and as the listeners have probably noticed, there, there's definitely limitations to GDP. You know, it's, it's a very like macro level, you know, 3000 foot, like indicator of, you know, just how the economy is growing or, or whether it's not growing. Um, it doesn't tell us everything about the economy, and it does miss some parts of a country's economy. Um, for example, it doesn't take into account, you know, informal transactions like garage sales or online marketplaces like maybe Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace. You know, um, I'm moving here soon, and we've we're downsizing to a smaller apartment, and we've had to sell some of our bigger items. Um, we did that on like an online, you know, marketplace um, where somebody we made a listing, somebody came to our apartment move the thing out for us and then paid us cash. Like that's not gonna show up in a country's GDP. It also only looks at domestic production and it ignores profit. It ignores profits made by a nation in overseas markets. For example, like if a US company that you know, makes and sells things in Mexico, if they, the profit from what they make in Mexico doesn't show up in GDP. Um, and we're gonna talk about this a little bit later, but GDP also really emphasizes material production um, and wealth creation over other metrics of success like health outcomes or quality of living. 
Um, so it's it's really only looking at one particular thing. It's 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 not um, you know it's not the end all be all. It doesn't tell you um, everything about an economy. Um, and there are, however, other metrics um, similar to GDP to, to measure the health of an economy. And I think Andrew's going to talk a little bit about those. Thank you so much, Jake. I think it's really important to acknowledge that it is kind of a high-level view. Gross domestic product is a high-level view, but it's not holistic. There are other contextual factors for an economy. And that's why we use multiple measurements. Like when we talked about inflation, that's one measurement as well. So there are some other basic metrics related to gross domestic product that we should also cover like gross national product and gross national income. These fill in some of the gaps that gross domestic product misses. So gross national product looks at all of the production of a nation's economy, including production and profits made in overseas markets. So gross domestic product leaves those out, gross national product pulls those in. Gross national income is a measure of all the incomes earned by citizens of a country, regardless of whether that income is earned domestically or abroad. So that's also a really good factor, especially for like contractors that might work part of their uh, year in the US and part in another country. So it's important to point out that like no metric, no one metric is better than all the others. Some metrics are better for some countries than others. Uh, and it's important for economists and politicians to use all the tools that they have at their disposal to look at all of these metrics holistically. And the ones that we commonly use may not really give you all the contextual factors of health and well-being and even financial well-being of uh, a country's citizens, for instance. Um, and as Jake briefly mentioned earlier, GDP, GNP, GNI, and again, that's gross domestic product, gross national product, and gross national income are not the only ways to measure the success or health of an economy. These measures largely look only look at material and wealth production and don't consider other measures of success, such as health, happiness, and quality of life, which a lot, depending on your different value system, you may value that over um, material and wealth pr production. So there is a somewhat recent movement to use a measure that encompasses all of these things, and it's called gross national happiness, or the GNH. Um, the term originated in 1972 by Bhutan's fourth dragon king and was adopted by the United Nations General Assembly in 2011. So as opposed to only material output, Gross national happiness seeks to measure both economic and moral progress in a nation's economy. So according to gross national happiness, it measures nine factors, psychological well-being, material well-being slash standard of living, good governance, health, education, community vitality, cultural diversity and resilience, balanced time use, and ecological diversity. So we don't have time on this podcast to talk about all of these individually. Um, we will probably do something about the gross national happiness um, indicators in the future. Um, but we just wanted to stress that the point is that looking at only what an economy produces 
may not be the only way or best way to measure the success and health of a nation's economy. Yeah, that is a really great point, Nikki. And we pointed it out on some of our other podcasts about investment, uh, but just like the stock market doesn't equal the economy or tell you everything about you know investments in an economy, GDP isn't the only way to measure success either. Jake, since you did a lot of the research, basically all of the research for this episode, uh, why don't you tell us where to go if listeners want to learn more about gross domestic product and some of the other measurements we talked about today? It's a great question, Andrea. Uh, so we'll go ahead and post uh, all the links to our sources that we use today in the show notes. But if the listeners want to do a bit more reading themselves, I would recommend going to, again, the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis website. They've got a great learning center that covers GDP and some other topics as well. That sounds great. Fun reading for everybody. Um, And just as an FYI to our listeners, this is going to be our last episode before the new year. So we can take a little break over the holidays. Um, So we'll probably be back sometime middle-ish January. Um, But we hope you all enjoy the holiday season and time with family and friends. When we get back, we're going to be covering another really exciting topic establishing a vision for your life and talking to one of my colleagues who is a financial professional, financial planner. And as always, thanks again for listening and we'll talk to you next year.